For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler of the Draft Network, and what a day it is. A victory Friday. Look, it's ugly, 12-7, to Washington Commanders over the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football. It was not pretty, but ladies and gentlemen, it was never in doubt. 12-7, to Brian Robinson rushing touchdown was the lone touchdown for Washington last evening. But today is a great day. And any day you could have a Victory Monday or Victory Friday, whatever day it is, it's a reason to celebrate. We haven't had this since prepping for week two after Washington's week one win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, following week six, Washington is now 2-4. and four. Could have very easily been 1-5. We'll get into that. But I don't want to play shoulda, woulda, couldas, or hypotheticals. Washington is 2-4. and four. They did win last night, 12-7. And hopefully, maybe this is some positivity and raises a banner of optimism for this football team moving forward. Because you look at the next two games, they're going to have a little bit more time off preparing to host Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And then they travel to face Jonathan Taylor in the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. So two games ahead of us right now that are not going to be easy. And like I said, it was ugly last night. It's ugly. But it's not easy to win. And a win is a flat-out win. And I will take it every single day of the week. You look at this offense, and we'll get into Carson Wentz, who did not look good last night. He entered the game with banged up with that bicep strain that had him on the injury report later in the week. He did not look good last night. This was, in my opinion, his worst game as a Washington commander. We got a good look at Brian Robinson, a good look at Antonio Gibson. The front five I thought was fine last night. Was it good? I don't think so. But they didn't allow Chicago to knock Carson Wentz on the ground a ton. Washington only threw 22 times. Wentz was 12 for 22, 99 yards through the air. No touchdowns. No picks. It's a big thing. Didn't turn the ball over. Compared to Chicago's two turnovers. Justin Fields had the interception in that first half. The hit off of Obata's helmet right into Jonathan Allen's hands. And then obviously the muffed punt by Vilas Jones in that second half to set up. That goal line rushing touchdown from Brian Robinson. And it was just a great moment for him to get that first rushing touchdown in his first NFL start. 
yesterday, we knew that obviously he won the RB1 role for Ron Rivera in the preseason, overtaking Antonio Gibson. And obviously, he got, he got a good workload in yesterday. 17 carries, 60 yards, touchdown. His longest run of the day was a 16-yard carry. Antonio Gibson, five attempts, 35 yards. J.D. McKissick, two attempts for 20 yards. I have not seen the involvement in the offense that I'd like to see so far from J.D. McKissick. He had those two rushes, but he also had three targets to the air, no catches, no yards. So I want to see him as we move forward into the later months. Really the meat of the season where Washington's season is going to be defined for him to get involved within this offense because we know the dynamic ability that he has with the ball in his hands. But offensively, I thought Washington was fine. They took care of the football. And yesterday, it wasn't a a 35, 40 mile an hour windy day with crosswinds in Chicago. It was a little windy, you know, 15, 20 mile an hour winds here and there. But that's just what it is in Chicago. It's a fall evening in Chicago. But Carson Wentz looked shell-shocked to me. Unfortunately, in the pocket. A lot of guys were running open in the middle of the field. Ran a lot of that mesh concepts over the middle. A lot of crossers in front of his face. He missed Curtis Samuel. He missed Terry McLaurin a couple of times. He's got to settle his feet down and be able to go through those progressions comfortably and on time in the pocket. But that comes with the offensive line's ability to stop the front four, whoever they're sending. Chicago had three sacks yesterday, one by Roquan Smith, one by Jaquan Brisker, and one by Elkadi Mohammed. Three sacks? It's not going to break the bank. It's not going not gonna to crazily affect the game plan at all. It's three sacks. Washington had five. They got after Justin Fields all night long. The pressures were there consistently. Chicago didn't have that. Had a couple splash plays on defense. I really liked what I saw from Jaquan Brisker. I talked about him in the preview yesterday. A guy that I <laughs> wish was in the Burgundy and Gold, to be completely honest with you, at the roof of the defense. After what we saw from Bobby McCain yesterday, we will get into the defensive side of the ball. But offensively, Carson Wentz looked shell-shocked. He took a beating to his hand yesterday. His hand almost looked swollen and rubber when he was shaking it around yesterday in the broadcast. I'm sure you guys saw. But... The targets over the middle of the field that are open when you're running these simple concepts, these meshers, these crossers five to ten yards down the field, guys are running wide open, they have to be hit. But right now, Carson Wentz looks like he's focusing on one read and one read only. If that guy shows even a small window of him being open, he's going to try to get it and fit it in there. And if not, well, he's going to pepper it to the ground or throw it over his head and just throw it out of bounds. That's what that was yesterday. I would have liked to have seen more from the passing game. Deami Brown had minimal snaps. His groin was obviously bothering him yesterday. We saw more of Cam Sims. We saw more of Dax Milne. Terry McLaurin led the team in receptions with three for 41. It wasn't a day to throw through the air. That's not That wasn't Washington's MO yesterday. It was pounding it on the ground. Over 20 attempts combined with Robinson, Gibson, and McKissick. That was how they won that football game. Now, if Vilas Jones doesn't muff that punt inside his own goal, inside his own 10, the game is much different. If Justin Fields hits Ryan Griffin on that wheel route, that was a beautifully designed concept. Then this is a much different ball game. But again, we're playing shoulda, woulda, couldas and hypotheticals. I don't want to do that. I will ask why James Smith-Williams was out in coverage on Ryan Griffin on that play, or as a, on a tight end, a DN on a tight end. I, 
That's not good schematics. And speaking of schematics, we obviously heard before the game that William Jackson is looking for a trade <laughs> a week after he said his back was bothering him. And you got your backside bench is what happened. And now you want to go elsewhere. He's talking about, oh, I'm a man corner and Washington's playing zone. You haven't been good a man either, big dog. So I don't know if Washington is, is looking for players or they're looking for picks. They'll be lucky to get a fifth rounder or a sixth rounder for William Jackson right now. He has not been good. But the funny thing is, is that he's been complaining about his back. Meanwhile, he's just been benched and hasn't played well. No one believed that for a second. You got benched and you want to find some other reason that people believe that, you're, that your back is bothering you. No, you haven't played well. Own up. And you're, you're, being, you're the second highest paired, paid player in the Burgundy goal. You played like crap all season long and now you want to go elsewhere. That's fine. See ya. Get guys in the building that want to play. I thought Rashad Wild Goose did a good job yesterday. Kendall Fuller. Yeah, Kendall Fuller is Kendall Fuller. Got beat by Dante Pettis on that long touchdown pass that Fields had to him in that, in that second half with 12 guys on the field. Can't happen. It's just Kendall Fuller in a nutshell. Number 29, chasing guys down the field. You can't cover Dante Pettis. You can't cover anybody in this league. I'm sorry. We've talked about Kendall Fuller so many times on this show. He cannot cover anybody right now. And that is a massive, massive hole. Because at the end of the day, they are 2-4. and four. No one predicted at the end of the year that Washington was just going to lose four games. They're going to lose more games this year. They didn't look good last night. The Bears are one of the worst teams in football. And sorry to say it, guys, but the Commanders are one of the worst teams in football. I hate to say that. But yesterday was bad. It was bad. It's like two freshman football teams. And what scares me is that you place Washington up against the Chiefs or the Bills. Holy smokes. Bad football again yesterday. But again, a win is a win. A win is a flat-out win, no matter how you get it in this league. Wasn't pretty offensively. Defensively, linebackers, Cole Holcomb, Jamin Davis, looked lost at times at the second level. Not making tackles, guys not getting off of blocks. I loved, again, what I saw from Payne Allen and Montez Sweat. And a tip of the cap to number 90. I'm extremely impressed with Montez Sweat and what he's been able to do, especially these last two weeks. It's taken him four years to get it going, but hey, we're here. We're finally here. Who knows when Chase Young gets back, hopefully within the next, within the next month. But he looked damn good yesterday. He's top five in the NFL in pressures off the edge. Excellent again yesterday, wreaking havoc, setting the edge in the run game, blowing up Braxton Jones all night long. He had another sack yesterday, six tackles. Leading tackles for Washington, Cole Holcomb had 12 combined, Rashad Wild Goose had 7, Montez Sweat had 6. Behind him, Cam Curl, Kendall Fuller. Montez Sweat's making plays on the edge, and good for him. This has been what we wanted to see for a long time as a guy when Washington drafted him in the first round out of Mississippi State as a guy that they thought would be a top 10 pass rusher in this league or higher. And for these last two weeks, he's looked like a top 5 edge rusher. In this league. He's had three sacks the last two weeks. Almost 20 pressures the last two weeks. Tons of tackles, which means he's not just getting after the passer on passing downs and pinning his ears back. He's making plays in the flat areas of the offense, chasing down ball carriers when they want to run outside the tackles. Setting that edge, forcing guys back inside, getting off his blocks and wrangling guys in with those long arms and length that he has. He's just done an outstanding job these last eight quarters of football. And a tip of the cap and a stock up 
right now for Montez Sweat, and I hope he's able to continue that as we move forward into the meat of the season. But I do have my concerns with Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis. Last night was not great. We saw in that second half, Justin Fields almost break that touchdown run to put the Bears up in that fourth quarter. That cannot happen. The front four was creating pressure all night long. Whereas it sometimes they were closing too far upfield and then Justin Fields would plant his foot in the ground and get north-south and get five to seven yards in the ground. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that limited. You knew he wanted to run. He was beat up yesterday. And a credit to Fields for being how tough he was. John Allen, Sweat, F.A. Obata flashed a ton. They were beating him up yesterday. And he consistently got up and continued to battle and almost won the Bears that football game single-handedly in that second half. But for the defense right now, and the linebackers especially, we saw Khalid Hudson activated. We saw Danny Johnson activated yesterday. Guys that didn't get defensive snaps. Even a guy like Jeremy Reeves had one defensive snap yesterday. So rotationally, Washington, the depth still is just not there. And the Bears offensively are one of the worst teams in football. Fields has no help at, at receiver. It's Darnell Mooney or nobody. Yesterday, Mooney, 12 targets, 7 catches, 68 yards. You take away Pettis' 40-yard touchdown. He's got 3 catches for 40 yards. He ended the game with, obviously, that 4-4 four, four catches, 84 yards and a touchdown on 7 targets. That's all they got. It's Mooney and a little bit of Pettis. And they're handing it off to David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, who had really good games yesterday. They ran for over 150 yards on Washington. Fields, 12 for 88. Herbert, 7 for 75 at a 64-yard run. David Montgomery, 15 attempts, 67 yards. A heck of a game plan, and they, and they ran the ball well. But I, overall, though, the front four was fine. It was the linebackers that missed a ton of tackles. Cam Curl, Bob McCain coming down into the box, missing tackles. Benjamin St. Juice didn't have the best game yesterday. Now he stepped up when it mattered. Washington's two inches away from losing that ball game on the perimeter to Darnell Mooney. Two inches away. But he made a play on the football. He made a play pulling him out of the end zone and securing the victory for Washington. So overall, ugly day, but a good win and a needed win. We saw Ron Rivera post-game fired up. One of the questions that he faced about Carson Wentz and obviously the reports that came out yesterday about the stuff going on up top inside the owner's box. You guys heard all about that. It's something that comes out almost Almost every single month, something new comes out. I try to stay neutral when it comes to the Dan Snyder stock because the Dan Snyder talk because he was the man that they used to sign my paychecks. Ladies and gentlemen, he did used to sign my paychecks. So I try to stay as neutral as I can on those topics for you. But it's just more crap that comes out almost every single month that hangs over Ron and this franchise that he has to deal with every single day I'm trying to focus on football. Yesterday, by no means, from a game-planning standpoint, was ugly, offensive and defensively, except for the front four and just letting your athletes be athletes. And I don't think this changes the narrative as far as who the Washington is a football team or my opinion on Ron Rivera as a coach and Jack Del Rio and Scott Turner and just overall the organization as a whole potentially moving forward. And we'll get a good test, obviously, heading in to Week 7 against the Packers and Week 8 against the Colts. But it's just more crap. You hear about the Snyder stuff yesterday morning, then William Jackson wants a trade. All perfect timing before a, a massive Thursday night primetime game that was a must win. 
and I'm glad they got a win. But it wasn't pretty. But it was a win, and I want that to be the focus. Positives, positives, positives. Have to stay on the positives. Brian Robinson, John Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Benjamin St. Juiced in flashes. There were some positives yesterday. F.A. Obata, I thought, had a really nice game. Not the most athletic guy in the edge, but made a lot of plays and created some pressure all night long off the right side. He did a nice job working against Larry Borum. I thought he did a really nice job for someone that isn't going to blow you away as far as his physical frame or his measurables or his testing thresholds. Someone that just got after the passer. And initially when I saw that pick, I thought he hit off his hands. It hit right off his helmet, right off his dome, right in the air. And a heck of a play from Jonathan Allen to get that ball. And a bend-but-don't-break mentality for that defense to get the ball back inside their own goal line and head out and attempt to get some points. But it wasn't pretty, but a humongous win. Two and four, six weeks in already. Crazy to think, right? Six weeks in, but please focus on the positives, not the negatives. There's a ton of negatives still. We've talked about that. A lot of things to work on. 12 points in Chicago against a not great defense. Has some young talent, but not a good defense. You allowed seven to Chicago's offense as a whole. Good day defensively. You allowed seven in an NFL game. Everybody's in the NFL for a reason. You allowed seven. Good job on the defense's part. I thought it was going to be another one of those games where we saw earlier in the year where the defense is constantly on the field. The offense isn't doing anything. But you get a break here or there, and bad teams are bad teams. You muff a punt inside your own 10. Well, you take advantage of those opportunities. And Brian Robinson punching it in. I wish Scott Turner went through that same game plan as he did last night against the Titans at the goal line. Run the ball. I get it. Different situation with timeouts, different situation with the clock, but you're at the two-yard line similarly, right? Punch it in the end zone, and that's exactly what Brian Robinson did because you saw that play. Andrew Norwell completely missed his block. That gap was wide open for the defensive lineman to, to, to crawl down and creep and clog that gap. Lineman, linebacker, safety, whoever. Nobody did, and Brian Robinson pounded in the end zone. That's Brian Robinson in those short yardage situations. We saw him in open space. We saw him between the 20s. Then you punch it in the goal line, give him the ball, give him the rock, and I want him. I'll take him over any man, one-on-one at the goal line. I'm taking Brian Robinson. He looked damn good yesterday. He ran hard behind his pads. He runs low. He's always falling forward, and that's a huge positive to move forward as number eight is the starter in the backfield with Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick right now as that rotational depth. So as we sit here on Friday, I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We get... A little bit of a break here. Allow guys to get healthy. Hopefully we get Logan Thomas back next week. We'll see what we got. If if William Jackson is a commander this time next week or not, we will see. Let's get Jahan Dotson back for that Green Bay game where they're facing guys on the outside like Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes. And they got Darnell Savage in the secondary. And they got pass rushers themselves and Kenny Clark and Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. We'll get into their preview next week. But for right now, enjoy this win. After week six, Washington is now 2-4 and four following a 12-7 win in Chicago on Thursday Night Football. That is going to do it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. A big college slate on Saturday. Tons of top 25 matchups to look out for. The headlining one is obviously top 10 matchup between Tennessee and hosting the Alabama Crimson Tide. 
Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy football on Sunday. If you don't follow me on Twitter already, underscore Ryan Fowler. All my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com. I will talk to you guys on Thursday. So about a week, a little bit less than a week from now, I'll have a preview out for you guys of the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, how to best prepare for number 12 and the cast of rookies that he has on the outside, and obviously uh, an offense headlined by running backs A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. But we'll get into that next week. Enjoy your victory Friday, your victory weekend, your start of your work week next week. All positives moving forward. Washington, 2-4. and four. We're not 1-5. and five. So Hopefully the train get back on the tracks here as we move into the Green Bay Packers and the Indianapolis Colts in these next two weeks. Always appreciate you guys tuning in. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. I'll talk to you next Thursday. I am Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.